This is the Friday, August 6th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. Rounding out the work week, we'll get you into the weekend with some winners, a little bit of everything on this Friday. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I am Doug Kazarian alongside Joe Fortenbaugh. And Joe, I'm furious on how the women's soccer gold medal game just ended in PKs. And it was a clown show. That's the clean version. I wish the listeners had heard the rant prior to us hitting the record button on this. A little bit different, the more R-rated version for the adults. But uh, (laughs) you have had quite the run through the Olympics, my friend. Quite the run. It's tough when your 6-1 to uh, future only needs to make one of two PKs. And the Canadian goalie did a couple things well in this. The whole shootout was a... um, clown show but i will say the canadian goalie it's a couple nice saves the others just like missed the cage or hit it right on target or hit the post it was just bad but the canadian goalie did well so congrats congrats to canada very happy for them <laughs> yeah thrilled um i didn't hedge so that's kind of annoying part as well okay we got the americans going for the gold in men's basketball tonight uh u.s quietly quietly is one and covered four straight all while struggling a lot i'm gonna go to the first half here with france plus six this is something we really should have done all along just given the american slow start and they're getting everyone's best shot obviously france had already beaten the u.s in the olympic opener in tokyo but i still think the american ceiling is was so much higher than the 12 and a half i can't grab the 12 and a half, but i'll take the six in the first half i like it i'm gonna play into that as well i didn't talk about this one on the show yesterday but france First to 20 points is plus 170. Nice. I think that's worthy. I think that's worthy. We did this with Australia and it hit. We should do it here. Uh, Australia beat the U.S. first to 20, 20 to 12. Spain beat the U.S. first to 20, 21 to 19. The Czech Republic beat the U.S. first to 20, 21 to 12. It's been one of the defining characteristics of this basketball team. A couple of things. One, those explosive bursts in the second half that not only lead them to victory, but lead them the point spread covers. And then number two, these slow starts. And you're right. We should have been on this from the beginning based on everything we had seen in the exhibition and then the first couple matchups. Um, they start slow and then they try to figure it out. Maybe they break from the gates quicker here. France is one of the better defensive teams in the tournament. So France first to 20 is plus 170. I'll take a shot there. I'm also going to play the under. Yesterday when we talked about this on Daily Wager, it was 176. It's now down to 175. And a half. France, as mentioned earlier, one of the best defenses in the tournament, giving up 75 points a game. The U.S. right behind them, giving up 78 points per game. Now, granted, granted, a lot of that, some of that, I should say, is padded by very weak competition. But when these two got together in the opening game, they only put up 159 total points. I'm not saying that happens again. I don't think it's that low scoring. But I don't think there's going to be as dramatic a turnaround as the 175 and a half would indicate, because that would be 16, 17 points more. So I'll take a shot on the under 175 and a half, Team USA and France, as well as France, first to 20 points, plus 170. All right, good stuff, good breakdown. Yeah, nice job on the first to 20 the other night as well. I hope it continues. That's really like when you're getting plus 170 on this stuff and you just have to take it. Um, Well done on that the other day. Hopefully it continues. I'm headed to, I'm going to keep it in Tokyo. I'm going to head to the gold medal game for women's water polo. It's been a nice ride. We got Croatia got there earlier today, one by two. They were up three late, but got the one and a half cover. Um, I'm going to go to the uh, gold medal game, though. None of this consolation stuff. U.S. is laying two and a half. 
Uh, they are the better team. They are dominant. Ashley Johnson has been a little sporadic, I guess you can call it with some of her play. But I, I think we get it done here and take home the gold against Spain. Spain's been a nice team. We've we've backed them a couple times. Their goalie's decent. They have a couple shooters. But the Americans are just so much better. The, the loss to Hungary was kind of a fluke. Um, give Hungary credit, but obviously Hungary's in the loser's bracket for a reason. I think it like kind of woke the Americans up. They've had some tight first half. I think U.S. over four quarters covers this two and a half. Ashley Johnson is a difference maker. Spain will hang around. May even lead a little bit in the first half, but uh, just don't have the firepower to hang with the Americans for four quarters. How many water polo matches are left before you have to pack away the Speedo for three years? <laughs> uh, well, fortunately, my Speedo has been packed away because no one wants to see that, except for the beaches, but you don't have to know that. No, just kidding. Um, I will say uh, there's the loser's bracket. So the U.S. men actually beat Italy. We blew a lead in the in the group play one t- uh, overnight. So now we're in the fifth, sixth game. So that's good. I mean, you don't want to finish like dead last or whatever like that. So it's good to beat the Italians, especially after – leading the first game. And then um, in the gold medal game, Greece is on an incredible run. They won the group, uh, the group of death, if you will, and then just won their game against Hungary, which was an incredible game. I watched it um, last night. Greece is like legit defensively, so they're going to play the Serbs. Serbia is going to be favored again. Serbia, by the way, trailed 8-6 late uh, to Spain and came back and beat 1-9-8. Just an incredible uh, incredible match, and um, so it's going to be Serbia and Greece for gold. Both teams are certainly worthy, and I, I, we talked about it. There's a bunch of teams could win this gold. I even bet the Americans at two at two hundred to one. I mean, you just get hot. You have to win a couple games, and who knows, right? Um, because the bottom of the, each group was so bad. Japan was the only team that was like respectable in the terms of the bottom two of each of the groups. But you know, there's only a couple games left. I, I believe every country's got one left: uh, women's and men's. Have you finalized anything for UFC 265 tomorrow night? You know, a little bit, and I'll share that in a sec. I know you got you got to um, play as well. I, I don't love the card. I've talked to a few people. There's some fun like bets I'm gonna rip off, but nothing I'm like you know say it's a banger or anything like that. All right, I'll give you a few in the main event between Derek Lewis and Cyril Gaon. Um, I'm gonna make two bets on Lewis in this matchup. He's plus two ninety to win. This is a five-rounder, and he's also plus 350 to win by KO, TKO, or DQ. I don't really see him winning by a five-round decision. If it goes that late, that probably means gone. His wrestling, riding him out, all that stuff ends up being the difference. Uh, so if Lewis is going to win, I see it by knockout. So I think you got to get involved there as well. Now, that was plus 400 earlier in the week. So clearly that's taking some action. Plus 290 on Derek Lewis, that implies about a 25% chance that he wins this fight. I think it's greater than that. He's on a four-fight win streak. He's got devastating, devastating one-punch knockout power. Doesn't mean he's going to land it here, but he's got that in the bag. That's all everyone talks about when it comes to Lewis. He's fighting in front of his adopted hometown of Houston, Texas, so he's going to have the fans behind him. This is, without question, the biggest stage of Gon's career, so you got to wonder if there are going to be any nerves that come into play as well. you got to remember something. Derek Lewis... He did beat Francis Ngannou. It was three years ago. Ngannou wasn't as polished a fighter, but he does have that win on his resume. And at the same time, he just knocked out Curtis Blades in February as a plus 350 underdog. So you're going to hang this type of price out there. I'm going to nibble at it. It's not the type of thing I'm going to dump back up the Brinks truck on, but at Derek Lewis at plus 290 is worth a shot, plus 350 to win it by KO, 
TKO or DQ. One other one I'm going to take, uh, Jose Aldo's minus 115 over Pedro Munoz. Coming down to 135 is a much better weight class for Aldo than where he was at 145. The heavier it gets, obviously, the harder it hurts when you get hit. And we saw him get stopped by Holloway twice. We saw him get knocked out by Conor McGregor. It wasn't going well. So he drops down to 135, where speed's the name of the game. He hasn't had a ton of success there, but he is off a win in December against Marlon Vera. So he's coming into this with a little bit of juice on his resume. This is all going to come down to pace, in my opinion. Pedro Munoz is like the energizer bunny. He's going to want to push the pace as fast as possible. Aldo's going to want to slow it down. He's going to want to be more methodical. He's going to want to pace himself and conserve his energy. And I think that's where he's going to win. I think he either frustrates Munoz, who's going to try to move quick and not have success, or he's going to bring Munoz down to his level, which isn't how Munoz wants to fight this one. So I would say Jose Aldo minus 115. Again, a nibble. I'm like you. There's nothing on the card that jumps out to where I've got to be all over it, but I will have those positions come Saturday night. Yeah, I'm on Lewis via knockout as well. Just the payout is too attractive. And when you have a five-round five fight scheduled for this heavyweight with a bunch of, you know, just haymakers, uh, I, I don't see it going five rounds. So you have to kind of take that value where it exists. Um, people I respect is on the Osborne under fight, two and a half rounds. Men of field in round one or two, minus 05. That's about it. That's on the prelims. Nothing. And, and I have people I respect on Angela Hill. I just don't see it. I've, I've kind of lost too much money on her to uh, continue backing <laughs> and throwing throwing good money against it. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked, obviously, she gets the W. But that's about it. I'm, I'm on my women's water polo. That's what I'm focused. That's my banger for the for the weekend, minus two and a half. Attaboy. We'll, we can say goodbye this week with the random baseball play of the day. Miami's plus 147 at Colorado today. Sandy Alcantara is pitching for the Marlins. He's been all right. 3.12 ERA on the season. 3.12 ERA since the start of July. He's been very consistent for this team. Herman Marquez is going to go for Colorado. Uh, he's been good, as we know, and he's better at home than he is on the road, which says something when your home stadium is Coors Field. But the, he has dropped two of his last three, giving up 10 earned runs over his last 18 innings pitched. Ultimately, the point I'm trying to convey here is I don't think Colorado should be this big of a favorite in this situation. Miami at plus 147, I would expect them to either have a dud of a pitcher or an absolutely abysmal lineup or go against an absolute ace. And none of those things are true. Marquez has been good. He's not an ace. Alcantara has been okay. He's not terrible. The Marlins lineup, while they struggle to hit righties, so does Colorado. So you're going to dangle plus 147 out there. I'll take it with the Marlins. I believe the Rockies are the most profitable team at home this year and the least profitable team on the road, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, it's been ridiculous. So, <laughs> so you're betting into that one as well. Okay, a couple programming notes. No daily wager for a long time. We return next Monday, so no TV show tonight or all of next week. We will be back August 16th, usual time slot, so we go dark. Today is the Ocho, and then we have a bunch of other programming on our airways, but plenty of bet. For you and Tyler as well, we'll have the podcast every weekday, so plenty of action. But it's also time to recharge the batteries. I can finally sleep normally after this weekend with the summer games coming to an end. And, uh, and we all cashed on NFL season. preseason, baby. Yes, we all had Steelers. the Steelers. We had Never the doubt. Great, great start, man. We're on a daily wager unstoppable in preseason NFL football this year. Never <laughs> in doubt. Uh, Danucci, the gift that keeps on giving. So... Uh, Good stuff with you, Joe. Uh, best yeah, of buddy. luck over the weekend, and we'll see everyone back here or hear everyone uh, listening to us on Monday. Mm -hmm.